right. I'm recording again. I am too. I started okay. recording when you were talking oh. about how there was a plate. It's just literally fettuccine pasta and some Alfredo sauce. That's literally what it is. They're quite literal with their fettuccine, al- fettuccine Alfredo pasta description. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a double one time drop. Cool. Well, there's no, uh, there's no surprises, at least. There are literally no surprises here. But go. the salad looks nice. I got two salads for some... Nope. Nope. <laughs> I got bread. I think in Atlanta, bread is a salad. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Emily. I'm apologizing to our listeners. I'm so sorry. The fact that your your face is full of fettuccine Alfredo. You guys are literally listening to me eat fettuccine Alfredo. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a key lime lacroix. A lacroix? A lacroix. I thought they were lacroix. Lacroix. I have no idea how the fuck it's pronounced. I know I'm not saying it right. I was in a show where they made fun fun of being called people calling it LaCroix. <laughs> Go ahead so. and make fun of me. I know it's incorrect and I do it anyway because fuck society. Fuck. Fuck society. Fuck society. That's there right. it is. Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are you drinking? I'm please, so glad you drink. asked. Please drink for <laughs> us tonight. I know Chelsea's having water. It is mm-hmm. Austin East Cider Brut. Mm-hmm. So... It's very, it's my favorite, and this is my last one. Those are so good. Me, you think it so much. I also have tea sip cacao mm. and summer strawberry mixed tea right now, seeping behind me. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, if you go get their cacao tea, and then you go get like their, I think it's called strawberry summer or something like that. Hey, Jessica, tea sip, I hope you're listening. We would love to have you sponsor us we will drink all of your teas on air because i love tea sip i've been there a lot oh my gosh i love them i've got the lavender honey tea at home <gasps> oh, that one's my favorite it's so good okay but yeah but for real tea sip this is your one free um advertisement so yes because i'm be like what the fuck <laughs> what are you whining about today hey chelsea i am actually whining about i've been thinking about this all week i felt so bad on our last episode I don't know what happened in editing. I don't. I I found it when I went back on uh, GarageBand, but I don't know how it happened. There was a bunch of popping that was happening in our episode. So, and our words would get cut off, and then Ashley Kate's answers would get cut off, and it was like a full word. It was always like the very last word. That's weird. It it annoyed me that it had happened. I don't know how it happened. I, That's what I'm whining about. I'm whining that. Garage band is out to get me, I swear to God. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you whining about? I have a happy wine and a, I have a, okay, I have a sparkling wine and I have a sparkling like a, wine. I have a sparkling wine and I have a stale wine. So my sparkling mm-hmm. wine is, well, first of all, I didn't realize until like Thursday that I just don't have any students this week because it's 4th of July week. And traditionally, our theaters usually close then, but COVID, there's different rules. But whatever, I didn't realize that. So I don't have any students scheduled this week. So I was like, wah, wah, no money. 
And I was so sad and upset last week because I just was like super restless. I'm just tired. I'm so tired of being indoors. And I quarantined myself. So I realized, oh, I don't have any, I don't have any students. So I could go, I could go somewhere. And James was like, why don't you go visit your sister in Virginia? And I'm like, that's a great idea. So I jumped in my car today and I'll be there by tomorrow. I am currently in Atlanta right now at a hotel. So my Casual. back hurts. My whole body hurts because like sitting in a car for an 11 half hour drive is not good for a single old lady to do. But, uh, but I'm here now and I'm, I'm excited to make the next nine hour trip tomorrow to see my sister and her girlfriend and their cute little tiny house that they're building right now. I love that. Um, what are we talking about today, Emily? Oh my God, we're in a new month. Happy. We're in a new month. Oh, my God. oh God, it's month 20,000. God, <laughs> the COVID. Hi. <laughs> I think I, I, Christy, Christy messaged me this morning. She's like, hey, what time do you want to release the, the monthly theme? And I'm like, oh my God, tomorrow's July 1st. But happy July. It's Sondheim month for us. Sondheim month. You know, Sondheim. we could get an intern. We could. If you would like to be our intern, please give me $20 and Emily will, don't tell Emily, and then just say, Emily, I want to be your intern and we'll have an intern. Wait, wait they're going to give you $20? No, and then, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm so confused. Wines and Dolls is looking for an intern um, that can be remote because we just have we have like list of things that cannot get done because we are doing other lists of things. And it's just like we have list of lists and we want somebody who's really passionate about our industry and looking for jobs outside of maybe performing. We're looking for particularly, we want one for about five hours a week and it is an unpaid position. We're still growing y'all. We have we have a great base of listeners and followers and we're still growing. So we would love to grow it even more. If you're interested, please email us at winesanddolls at gmail.com. What are we doing today, Emily? We are doing our first Sondheim musical, which is Tend the Tale of Sweeney Todd. Chelsea, tell me about it. Okay, are you ready to learn about it? Tell me about it. Do you want to hear the tale? Do you want to? Wow. Yeah, that was good, right? No. Sweeney Todd, Stodd. Ew, go away. That was a good joke. Leave. Tell me the background. You want to hear the tale? You want want me to tell you the tale of Sweeney Todd? Tell me the tale. The bunny wagging. It's wagging. (laughs) Joke. I am deliriously tired right now. Okay, so Sweeney Todd. Uh, written by Sondheim, music and lyrics, 19, uh, opened on Broadway in 1979. The book is written by Hugh Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R, um, also known as the writer of the book for Candide and A Little Night Music. 
And I know, fun fact, he was a co-writer on the film Cabaret. So, oh, oh, indeed. This is based on the 1973 play called Sweeney Todd by Christopher Bond. I can't read my handwriting. I believe you're going to say Christopher Walken, and I'm like, huh? Christopher Walken. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, So I'm just going to go down the list here because it has... It, like once Sweeney Todd hit the stage, it just exploded everywhere. So <laughs> with blood. So 1979 Gross. made its Broadway debut. 1980 national tour. 1980 West End opening. 1989 revival on Broadway. 1993 West End revival. 2004 West End revival. 2005 Broadway revival. 2007 film. Eh. 2012 West End revival and 2017 an off Broadway revival. Holy shit y'all holy shit balls this show apparently is just it's great everywhere it goes and everybody loves it i don't like i i get it it's a great show it's weird it's hard and i think that's why i've shied away from it as a music director and it's long it's long and let me tell you this it is 80 percent music 80 let just let that sink in for a second yeah as of as a music director, I, I thought I was going to kill some people doing A Christmas Carol, the musical. Can you say that on the air? Do I need to cut that? No, don't cut that. Because I'll be like, I loved it. It was great, but it was all underscore and it was all sung thoughts. It was like 80%, 90% music. And that is so hard to music direct. It's wonderful, but it is so hard to music direct when it's all music you don't get like any downtime from the music it's just non-stop teaching and then mm-hmm. non-stop making things work so anyway i'll come back to that sweeney todd won the tony for best musical best book and best score and then the olivier for best new musical and then in 1994 won the musical revival best musical revival and won best musical revival in 2012 all for the olivier awards so Sweeney Todd has his character origins in Victorian pop fiction. This is crazy, y'all. I know. Victorian pop fiction (laughs) known as Penny Dreadfuls. Anybody remember that show? Penny Dreadful? Wait, why? Yeah. Why why, why do I know that? It's like a Netflix thing. It was like a series. I don't know old things. I'm sorry. You don't have to. You're too young, whippersnapper. Mm -hmm. So Penny Dreadfuls, it's a Victorian pop fiction, basically. So like steampunk kind of shit. Um, And in between, in the winter of 1846, going into 1847, a magazine, a weekly magazine print, uh, uh, printed this story called String of Pearls. It was like reading a like a, a new novel every week, you know? So like people would wait around for their newspaper and then open it up and be like, what happened next in this string of Pearl story? Oh. And Sweeney Todd was one of, was the character in this story. So in- That's how Crime and Punishment was published. Ooh, really? Yeah. That is not fascinating. Like, and it's set in 1785. So it's, you know, like far enough away that people don't think it's about them and, uh, but can still relate to the character, but they're not too threatened that it might be an actual person. Right. So it was turned into a play. This, the string of pearls with uh, Sweeney Todd was actually turned into a play before the ending was even presented in the, in the newspaper. 
in this weekly newspaper. So the, like, they, were so, they were so excited about it. They're like, oh, fan fiction, let's finish this. We're going to make a play. And then by the 1870s, Sweeney Todd was a familiar character to all Victorians of the time. I just found that super fascinating. So the Chris Bond's 1973 spooky melodrama is more of a psychological background slash Count of Monte Cristo vibe. And that's what Sondheim pulled from was that book slash play in particular. Um, But Sondheim, he sounds a little like a little bit on the haughty side when he says, here's a quote from Sondheim. What I, what I did, I know what I did to Chris's play is more than enhance it. I had a feeling it would be a new animal dot, dot, dot. He says a lot of other shit. The music helps to give it that dimension. He's a little bit haughty. He's like, okay, I took your story and then I added music. I feel like he's like describing Frankenstein. Like he just created Frankenstein. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but really in this show, music is the key element behind the impact that the audience gets from the story. Because like you get this intense like music that's dissonant when things are about to go badly. And um so, and like I said, it's over, 80, yeah. it's over like 80% is set to music, either sung or underscore. And then I wrote next to that, kill me, <laughs> please. If, and if the music director is uh, a little high that day and moving really <laughs> slow, the show the, sl- the show five will, hours long. Good Lord. Never before or since has Sondheim used this kind of exhaustive amount of music to enhance a melodrama never before or since um it says like, what i did it don't need to do i it did again. it i'm done <laughs> and this experiment is over bitches and harold prince who became the director um he was not interested in the show at first he thought it was a simple melodrama that wasn't experimentally structured and then later sondheim sold it to him again and he, he was like hey wait, wait, wait just listen to the rest of it and Immediately, Harold Prince saw, or he thought he saw, what what he thought Sondheim was saying is that it's one big metaphor. This whole thing, what is it? It said, is a small horror piece that is a colossal portrait of the the Industrial Revolution and an examination of the general human condition, of uh, the general human condition of the time as it related to men like Sweeney Todd. So what he was saying, what Harold Prince thought was so okay. brilliant, but uh, Sondheim was like, uh, not really, but cool. Um, he went with it because he wanted Harold to direct it. Um, so Harold was like, this is about the Industrial Revolution and the factory that Sweeney Todd works for turns out a soulless, defeated, hopeless person. And he's, he is driven to do these things because all these terrible things happen to him because he's like beaten down by the man basically. Huh? Yeah, I know. So Prince sounded like he was high on drugs, but (laughs) he was just like, he was, you know, he was just trying to make something out of something he didn't understand, I think. But I mean, it works too. And his vision for the, for the show turned out to be what we know and love today. And it's, it's fantastic. So you had a question for me earlier about Toby. Oh my God. Yes. Please, please answer that question. I went and looked it up. I went and looked it up a little bit. Your question was, is Toby usually played by an adult 
or by a child. And I can tell you right now, I wrote down the, the ages of these people. Ken Jennings, who was the original Broadway cast 1979 and the first national tour in 1980, was 32. 1980, Michael Staniforth is 36 years old. And then the next person on here, Broadway Revival, Eddie, he was 29. And then Adrian uh, Morgan, 1993 London Revival, was even younger at a fresh age 20. And then Manuel Feliciano, second Broadway Revival, 31. And then in the film, of course, that kid was... Uh, what's his name? Ed Sanders. He was 14. The other ones, Ed, Edmund Bagnell, the second national tour cast, and James McConville, I could not find. And then jo- Joseph Taylor, I couldn't, I couldn't find their age. I see a trend. Yes. Broadway casts adults. Yes, until the film came out. Until the film came out. And then fucked over everybody. Yes. Same thing happened though with Into the Woods because they wanted so, to use real kids. Well, I'm like, so my role in Into the Woods 100% is Little Red Riding Hood. The witch is always going to be the star, star power, and that's yeah. never going to be my role. My role is Little Red Riding Hood, but then the movie yeah. came out, and I knew that because based off and of they the wanted, they wanted first Broadway, the first yeah. Broadway, like the one that was on Netflix, that was yeah. a girl who was like my age. And Which then the I movie think is, came out, I and then it was gross. a small child. So my, in my opinion, just like uh, with Jack, I think Little Red, Jack, in Into the Woods, and then Toby are all kind of this idea of just the naive adult who is a kid at heart because the kind of character arc that they have to create is far too mature and advanced for a child of seven years old or 14 years old to complete, complete to its entirety. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about that. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. I would go even further to say that I think, I think like in, in opera, there's a lot of male roles that are meant to sound like little boys that are played by females. I'm just going to put that out there into the world, into the universe. Why can't Toby be a girl in opera? It's like set that like this role is played by an alto, but it's a young boy role. Yeah. But we, we're not going to cast a young boy to sing this part in an opera. But, like, it's always, like, this is a young boy. Why can't that just be kind of the, the norm for Toby unless you have, like, a power? I, I don't know. I just I don't, I don't want Toby to be an adult. And I think, it's, I think it's hard. I think it's too hard for most kids. I don't agree that, that kids should be playing that in a professional setting. Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. Tell me about Spin a Todd. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I have notes on my phone. I have notes on a notebook. I just have a lot of notes. It's the Wines and Dolls notebook that that you can get on uh, Zazzle.com. Yes, ma'am. The show opens up with like a prologue because it's extra like that. So it opens up with the citizens of London who are going to act as your Greek chorus. Woo! From Legally Blonde, you know. Anyways, Greek chorus. Does everyone know what a Greek chorus is? Do we need to explain? 
So a Greek chorus is a group of people in like a Greek show, usually a Greek play. And it's usually consisting of 12 uh, to maybe 50 people who will dance, sing, and speak uh, everything in unison, all the lines in unison. And they more or less narrate what's going on in the show or the thoughts. And they actually sometimes will wear masks. But in this show in particular, they are kind of like the multiple characters that will transition the sets, uh, which is actually really funny. I'll talk about it in a minute. They're just kind of on stage. But sometimes like there's, it's usually I only really see four of them at a time, but then suddenly there's like there's 20 of them. And I'm like, where did they all come from? Where have they all been standing? Disappeared like little magic prop fairies. <laughs> exactly. But they opened the show and on Broadway, they opened it with uh, them dragging on a body bag and pouring ashes into a grave. And Sweeney Todd rises forth, says Wikipedia, with the song, The Ballad of Sweeney Todd. The demon barber of Fleet Street. There's like this, uh, all I can think about when, when I'm hearing Ballad of Sweeney Todd is having to count because the accompaniment for all of Sondheim is all, the, it's all the same. It sounds the same. And so you have to count how many like Exactly. Where do I come in? Do, oh shit, that was two minutes ago. Oh shit, fuck, messed it up. But the cluster chorus at the end of the prologue is I think, quote unquote, to die for. <laughs> <laughs> That last, like the fleet street, fleet. there's always going to be one person who's too early. <laughs> This is nuts, y'all. The show, like, it's supposed to sound like crazy shit. And so it is. the cluster chorus is just so good. Crazy shit. So we go into Act 1, which takes place in 1846. And it opens on a young sailor named Antony Hope. I didn't realize his last name was Hope until today. But I guess it makes sense because he's very hopeful. He's kind of nauseating in that way. He is super nauseating. And Antony has uh, rescued and befriended this mysterious man who goes by the name Sweeney Todd. <gasps> no. And they were on a boat. On a boat. They're, they're seamen, if you will. <laughs> and <laughs> But speaking of seamen... They get off the boat and they are almost immediately solicited by a beggar woman who recognizes Todd. And she's like, uh, do I know you? Uh, This is all happening within the song, No Place Like London. Do 
shit. I love that. Ugh. What is that instrument? A flugelhorn. I don't actually know. No, I just I like flugelhorns. I think it's, a, it's the circular one. Uh, euphorium? It. No. Uh, damn a it. tuba? No, it's, it's a, a French horn. French horn. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. I'm glad we went through the entirety of all the circular <laughs> horns. It's not the Italian horn. It's the French one. Yeah, the French one. It sticks its go. tongue in you. <laughs> 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 wow, I am sharp tonight. God. Also, can, we put a, can we put a mute in her, please? <laughs> it only makes me a little quieter. Cool. So in the middle of no place like London... The beggar woman comes up. She's like, come have sex with me. It'll be fun. Alms, alms for a miserable woman. And Todd's like, go away. So she goes away. And then Antony is in there and Todd's like, oh, London sucks. Fucking hate London. And he kind of explains why in the song, The Barber and His Wife. There was a barber and his wife. And she was beautiful. And she was beautiful. So in Barber and His Wife, Sweeney is, he is vaguely explaining his troubled past to Antony, where he's talking about a naive barber and his wife was beautiful and the government had a literally. kid and then the judge came in and was like i want to sex her and there was a qua- a squirrel a what's oh, a squirrel no what am i trying to say a quarrel a quarrel <laughs> i was trying to say a squabble <laughs> then i was trying to say quarrel <laughs> so like, coming that was hilarious. <laughs> That'll be our merch. Sweetie Todd with a squirrel tail going up against the judge with a squirrel tail on a shirt. Oh, my God. I'm going to design it now. So, so for this whole song on the Broadway uh, recording, video recording of it, the blocking is literally just stand there. Like, they're just standing there. Antony is staring at Sweeney's right ear. And that is the extent of the blocking. Lame. And it was beautiful. So Antony's like, bye-bye. He leaves Sweeney. And Sweeney enters a meat pie shop on Fleet Street where a little old widow named Mrs. Lovett is cooking. Oh, and what I, love about, what I love about Sweeney Todd in, in the world of music even though there's so much of it, part of it is every time they kind of enter a new space, you enter it and then there's a breath like, <gasps> and then the song starts. Mrs. Lovett comes in and she starts singing Worst Pies in London. A customer. Why? Watch your rush, watch your hurry. He gave me such a fright. I thought you was a ghost. Half a minute can't you sit, sit you down, sit. All I meant is that I haven't seen a customer for weeks. Did you come in for a pie, sir? Do. So Mrs. Lovett's pretty much whining that her meat pies aren't very good and her patrons are scarce. And so she's like, everything sucks. This is so terrible. These are terrible. I don't have customers. Where are they? But enjoy this. Here, eat it. Eventually, when that's finally over and Angela Lansbury gets a standing ovation from me, my notes on that was like, yas, yas. 
She has this like this gesture, like this twitch with the rolling pin, and I just I can't handle it. Oh, God, I love her. It's percussive. Oh, it's just so good. Anyways, Sweeney, he asks if this upstairs apartment is available. Now, I want to talk about the set really fast. The set is actually for this original Broadway set. It's more or less how the set is on two of the productions I've seen. It's very basic, where it's more or less a box in the middle of the stage. Huh. And then her, so her platform, so she's singing her like meat shop platform is sitting on the front of the box. And then the up, the top of the box, the cube is the upstairs room. But then when they, if they, when they turn the box later, there's another room on the back of the box. So, and then there's a skate, there's like staircases and a ladder. So it's very, it's a very easy set. Isn't it? Can I ask you a question? And what? if you've never seen this, just stop me now. Have you ever seen the movie Jersey Girl? No. Oh my God. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Okay. So Sweeney asked, is this upstairs apartment available? And she is like, well, some say it's haunted. More or less what she starts talking about is how the former tenant was Benjamin Baca. And he was transported and exiled for false charges by Judge Turpin, who, along with his servant, Beetle Bamford, then lured the Barker's... I keep trying to say Baker's wife. (laughs) He lured Barker's wife, Lucy, to the judge's home, and he raped her. Damn. And this is all described in the song poor thing and this is where it's it's actually it's a memory that's reenacted so we have lucy she has her little infant daughter in the movie was laura michelle kelly who was also mary poppins on the west end and one of the reasons i love theater she was also in lord of the rings musical at drury lane in london oh my god i want to cover that musical at some point i can't believe that's a musical So, so funny. So Beetle, I, uh, for the longest time, thought his name was like Beetle with a T. Yeah. And thought maybe they were just calling him the Beetle. Like it was an insult. Like he's gross. I didn't realize that was actually his name. Beetle with a D? Uh, yeah, it's Beetle. It's B-E. It's like bead, like I'm wearing beads. Yeah. L-E, Beetle. Interesting. Yeah, right? It was That's like what I want to name my child now. Please, please don't. My unborn... Chelsea, you're, it's, it's, they're already Hans, Heidi, Hardy. <laughs> so it can't be Beetle too. They're already getting they're already getting beat up on the playground. Add, we're gonna add Beetle to it. <laughs> Hans, Heidi, Beetle. James Hardy. James has no idea. He has Duncan. no idea. He has no idea. That's a lot. But, of, that's a lot of names. Jesus. It's not. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's never enough. Oh my gosh. Never. never. Anyways, poor thing happens, and. Sweeney Todd can't, can't hold it in. He's like, ah! He yells about the story because he can't take it anymore. And because he is actually Benjamin Barker. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. So he is Benjamin Barker. But Mrs. Lovett, she is very loyal, loyal Lovett. Aww. And she's like, I'll keep your secret. And 
But he asked, like, well, where are they now? I'm so sad. I've been in exile, blah, 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 blah. And she reveals that Lucy, unfortunately, poisoned herself. Bum, bum, bum. She poisoned herself. And that Joanna, who is who was the infant daughter, uh, became the ward of the judge. Bum, bum, bum. Who on Broadway was an old man. It's revealed that his then infant daughter, Joanna, became the judge's ward. Um, so that means Joanna is now older when he gets back. Supposedly 16 in the movie. Gross. But as I said before, the judge is an old man. Old man. And so Todd is, Sweeney's like, I'm going to get revenge on the judge and the beetle. And Mrs. Lovett's like, okay. And she presents him with his old collection of sterling silver straight razors. And she just happened to have liner. She had them. Yeah, because he got exiled. So they were up in the room anyways. Mm. All the shit's still up there. Okay. There's like a trunk up there, which will come into play later. And so he's like, oh. you know what it reminds me of, actually? I've been watching a lot of Thor. And in Ragnarok, uh, the rocks guy, who I can't think of his name right now, he's like, it sounds like you had a very intimate relationship with your hammer. And Thor's like, that's a very nice way to put it. The hammer pulled you off or pulled you up. <laughs> and so I was, I was like, it sounds like you had a rather intimate relationship with your straight razors. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, because then he sings to them. He sings, my friends. My friends. My friends. Ooh, they're my friends. I'm your friend. Come, Ooh, let Mr. me Todd. hold you. If you only now knew, Mr. Todd. Ooh, Mr. Todd, you're warm in my hand. My friend. My clever friend. I always had a fondness for you, I did. Rest And at the end, he's like, at last, my arm is complete. Which goes into the ballad of Sweeney Todd reprise. At last, my arm is complete again. So that reprise, so he's, he's decided to take up his job again as a barber. Yay. Meanwhile... What happened to Antony? I don't know. He was being hopeful about something, I'm sure, because he's walking around to go wherever the fuck he's supposed to be going. And he runs into this hole in the story. And he sees a beautiful blonde girl who is singing in the window. And she's singing the song Green Finch and Linnet Bird. I know it. I refuse. Nope. I hate this song. Why is it you sing? Ugh, I hate it. So um, I do want to point out when I used to work at a company that had Finch in the name, one of the first, like it was a new, it was a small business. And I spent the first two weeks having a job there coming up with bird puns. My God. To, for their marketing. Cause that's what I did. Oh my God. And I had a blog for approximately two seconds called Linnet Assistant because Linnet just means Finch. But we decided to go with a different name, which will not be named because 
all of my old writings are on that blog still. Love it. <laughs> There's a whole post about how the best way to get your Fitbit steps is to go to the fridge. So you get a snack. <laughs> Anyways, so she's singing Greenfinch Green and Lynette Bird. It's funny, on the stage production that I watch, she's sitting at the top of like a staircase that has no... It's just a staircase and a platform, kind of like what's in Newsies. Mm-hmm. And she has a... There's no caged bird. She just has her like flower box. Mm-hmm. Usually there's a caged bird that she's singing to. Because that's the whole point is that this bird is singing in their cage. And she's like, I want to be able to sing while I'm caged. I want to be happy about being inside. How do you do it? Because I'm stuck inside. Blah, blah, blah. Sondheim did not like her. (laughs) He's like, I want to give her all the really high soprano songs, but she has to say words that people can understand. Um, So Antony's watching this whole thing happen like a creep monster. And the beggar woman from before shows up. And she's like, oh, her name's Joanna. And kind of explains, do you like my bigger woman voice? Yeah. It's, this, is, this is why I'm not bigger woman. I am does. little Red Riding Hood. So she find, he finds out it's Joanna. Meanwhile, she tries to solicit him again, like, push some parsley. That's my favorite line that she says. Push some parsley. She, she's, she asks, like, she's making innuendos and the innuendo that she makes is how would you like to push some parsley anyways it's dirty oh my god what's hilarious is you will be the beggar woman one day that is your oh i'm done i'm ready antony gets hopeful based off his name and he becomes enamored with this joanna in the song, Ah, Miss. Look at me, look at me, miss, oh, look at me, please. Oh, favor me, favor me with your glance. Ah, miss. And then the judge and Beetle show up. And remember, the judge is a dickwad. And they, they threaten Antony. And they're like, go away. You can never see her. Blah, 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 blah. But he pledges he'll return in the song, Joanna. I feel you, Joanna. I feel you. I'll peel you. Oh, banana. Oh, God. Here, we. I'll peel you. Gross. That's actually what they answered me in one of the, some of my friends directed the show in college. The guy who played Anthony, he came up with that song. So. Gross. Yeah, and that's what love you it. Sing. I love it. Anyways, so that all happens, and Auntie is all Aunt Anthony is all hopeful and like I'm going to return, and we're going to be in love because I just sang about it a lot, a lot. The next day, in the crowded London marketplace, which is where I stopped writing my handwritten notes, an Italian barber named Adolfo Pirelli, Adolfo. and his Adolfo. I am And his young, very simple-minded, maybe a child assistant, it, Tobias Rag. I also didn't know Tobias had a last name, but apparently it's Rag with two Gs. 
So Toby, uh, they're singing. So they open up in the marketplace and suddenly there's a song and the song is Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? <laughs> On the top of my head. Twas <laughs> Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. That's what did the trick, sir. True, sir, true. It's very like, like Les Mis, the, what are they, the, the, Thardian, the, 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 I, I, the, I know who, the master of the house. I know yeah, exactly master of the I don't house. know how to say their names. It's very master of the house. I feel that. The, yeah, so it's a dramatic cure-all for hair loss is what they're trying to sell. And Toby has this, has really long hair. Mm-hmm. He's like, blah, 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 blah. It's called so, an elixir. It's an elixir. It smells like piss. Looks like, tastes like piss. That's <laughs> what Sweeney and Lovett say when they arrive. And um, he, they, he actually goes to kind of establish his new identity as Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. He's no longer Benjamin Barker, even though he's back in London. He's hoping after 15 years, people forget. And pretty much he's saying... He he can't keep his cover for very long because he's like, this elixir is fake. It's not going to do anything. And he challenges Pirelli to a shaving competition. Oh, damn. In the song, The Contest, where Pirelli, who is Borat in the movie. I have serviced no kings, yet I wager that I can shave a cheek and pull a tooth with ten times more dexterity than any street mountebank. You hear this foolish man? Watch and see how he will regret his folly. Will Beetle Bamford be the judge? They pick two people out from the crowd for a free shave. And Pirelli is like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm Italian, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Sweeney is just sharpening his blade. And then suddenly he wins. In the film, they do it really quick. In mm-hmm. the stage version, this is, it's very, actually quite long. Like, I, I was like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure we know who's going to win. Mm-hmm. So, guess who wins? Is it Sweeney? It is Sweeney. And an impressed Beetle comes up and is like, wow, you're so good. And so, Sweeney invites Beetle for a free shave in Ballad to Sweeney Todd Reprise number two. So the Greek chorus, yeah, this the Greek chorus is really the ones who are playing or who are singing "Ballad of Sweeney Todd." They're they're recapping what just happened and then what's going to happen, mm-hmm. just like a Greek chorus. So that's the citizens of London who have showed up. They're the ones who are filling out this crowd, yeah, who want this elixir, who are always like really dramatic, like, "Oh, what's this? Oh, look, ta ta." You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So several days later, Judge Turpin. Is putting himself into a frenzy um, over his growing lust for Joanna. He decides to, instead of trying to get the lust to go away and like flogging himself to try and get it to go away, like in Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. he instead is like, I'm just going to marry her in the song Joanna Mea Culpa. Did you hear that? He's going to marry her. Yes. Yeah. Gross. Old man is going to marry his adopted daughter. Sweeney is waiting at his shop for Beetle to arrive. uh, And he's getting really impatient. And Mrs. Lovett's like, 
Calm the fuck down, dude, in the song Wait. Easy now, hush, love, hush. Don't distress yourself, what's your rush? Keep your thoughts nice and lush. Wait. As he's waiting and he's like, okay, you're right, blah, blah, blah. Anthony shows up and he tells Sweeney about his plan to pretty much rescue Joanna from Judge's house and elope with her. And Sweeney, who is eager to be reunited with his husband, or with his husband, <laughs> Sweeney is actually gay, uh, who's Love eager to reunite. I know, right? Um, and Sweeney, who's eager to be reunited with his daughter, agrees to let um, Antony use the barbershop as a safe house. Nice. So he's like, okay, like, yeah. Because Antony doesn't know that Joanna is Sweeney's daughter. Right. Yet. But Sweeney obviously knows. So Antony leaves and Pirelli and Tobias show up. And so now we have these two people that they just humiliated on the, on, out in the marketplace show up at his shop. So Mrs. Lovett takes Toby downstairs for a pie. And I love how they did this. She's like a split focus. So you have her downstairs Mm-hmm. And on the front of the box, and then you have them up on the top of the box. Love that. And Pirelli, he's like, he's so he's all Italian, and then he drops his Italian accent and reveals that he is actually Daniel O'Higgins, who is Benjamin Barker's former assistant. Oh my god! Dun dun dun! So he knows about Sweeney's true identity, and so he's like, you know, I'll keep it a secret because I'm nice. If you give me half of your income, because you just ruined my hair business. Oh shit! And right, and so Sweeney's like, ah, okay, no. He ends up choking O'Higgins and like throwing him into the trunk. At which point, like. Uh, Mrs. Lovett and Toby come up and they're like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, where's Pirelli? I think Antony shows up at one point. Whoever's up there, pretty much the hand is sticking out from the trunk and is like waving. Huh. And Sweeney's standing in front of it. And when he gets whoever the visitor was out of the barber shop, he turns around, pulls open the trunk, and he slits Pirelli's throat in Pirelli's death in the ballad of Sweeney Todd, number three. Which is actually kind of funny because in the Broadway version, what they do is he st- they, they freeze frame. You have him with the knife and like that whole, my arm is now complete again. That pose again, holding yeah. Pirelli and, the, and it spots and just holds for the top of the priest of the Ballad of Sweeney Todd. So he never actually slits his throat on stage. And they wheel that platform off and they bring on Joanna and Anthony who are planning their elopement bum, bum, bum. in Kiss Me. Anthony's a little aggressive. Not gonna lie. Like Joanna's having a little bit of a freak out, and he right. just keeps stopping. He's going, "Kiss me, dude. You need to respect my wishes and back the f off right now." She needed. She needed some, maybe a little bit of wine, or maybe a little weed. Well, like this old man is trying to violate her. I get it. Um, yeah, I would be a little upset. 
Yeah. A lot. I'd be upset a lot. But you know, when you're a lot upset that you can't problem solve, she's having some issues with like the problem solving because she was a lot upset. So if she had something maybe to help, anyways. Yeah. So Anthony's like, kiss me. So they're planning it. This is where (laughs) it's really funny because the set people who just brought him in on this couch, I was watching and I'm like, is there a guy? Is that a statue standing behind the couch while they're like trying to kiss and take it further? Because I think at the end of the song, they end up on top of each other on the couch. And I'm like, is it, what is that guy? What is, what's happening here? And there's a catwalk and that's where the Beatle and the judge are talking. And then the scene changes at the end of the scene and the guy starts moving. I'm like, oh my God, it's one of the chorus members. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? So during the song, Kiss Me, Beatle is talking to the judge about, oh, you know, you to win a, the affection of a woman, you need to go get a shave because of ladies in their sensitivities, which is the song. And so Beatles like, you need to go see this this barber I saw in the market uh, marketplace. His name is Sweeney Todd. The scene, pretty much, they all roll off. The catwalk goes up. Everyone's gone. But the Beatle has convinced the judge to go see Sweeney Todd, which is Sweeney's plan all along. Love it for revenge. Revenge. Moving on to back to the barber shop. So Pirelli has been killed and he's in the trunk. Mrs. Levitt, Levitt comes up and she's like, oh my God, he killed him, blah, blah, blah. And she's a little bit of a frenzy about like, what should we do? But she finds his leftover coin purse and takes it, of course, and asks what Sweeney is planning to do with the body. And that's when the judge enters. Dun, dun, dun. So Sweeney puts him in his seat and he's having this relaxing conversation in the song Pretty Women. It's true. Her love can still inspire the blood to pound the heartly pyre. What more, what more can, can man, man require, require than love, sir? More than love, sir. What, sir? Women. Ah, yes, women. Pretty women. Ugh, God, I hate that song. And so... It's, it's, it makes me cringe. Yeah, it's gross. It's them talking about women, especially since it's Sweeney's daughter that he's talking about. It's just kind of... Anyways, so Todd, he's going to try and kill the judge at this point. And like, because he has his slit, his, not his slit, he has his throat exposed because it's a straight razor and they're shaving. When Antony runs in and talks about like, suddenly he's like, I'm going to marry her. We're going to get a loop. Like we're going to do a loop. Our elopement plans are all of these. And the judge recognizes Antony from that first meeting. And he's like, you I cannot believe like you keep this filth around here. And he vows to never return to that oh, barbershop. Damn it. Handsome. And also he vows that he's going to send Joanna away. So Anthony just like fucked up the entire plan for himself what a jerk. and for Sweeney. What a jerk. I know. He's like, he's still hopeful. He's so up to fucking mystic. <laughs> So Sweetie, he's he I feel like when he yells at Anthony, but he like he yells at him and Anthony runs off like a sad puppy, like, oh, I'm sorry. Me, 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 me. It'll be okay. God. But yeah, so Sweeney's like, fuck you. So Anthony runs off and Sweeney is reminded about the evils in London. And he he resolves this whole like issue by depopulating the city by murdering all of his future customers 
by murdering all of his future customers. Because London is so evil, he decides that everyone who comes to the barbershop deserves to die because they live in London. And uh, the rich are to be punished for their corruption and the poor to be relieved of their misery in the song Epiphany, where he keeps going, they all deserve to die. No, we all deserve to die. Tell you why, Mrs. Love, and tell you why. Because the lives of the wicked should be made brief for the rest of us. Death will be a relief. We all deserve to die. And I'll never see Joanna. No, I'll never hug my girl to be finished. All right, you sir, how about a shave? Come and visit your good friend, Sweeney. You sir, too sir, welcome to the grave. I will have vengeance. I will have salvation. Who said? Even you, Mrs. Lovett, even I. Dude, oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, my friend Garrison, when he played Sweeney, this is where the peel you banana came from. He went out. They had cut off like the front half of the auditorium because it didn't have good visual. And so I had like caution tape and he goes out and he cuts, he has his razor, he cuts the caution tape and he goes and he stands in the middle of the auditorium and gets up on the seat and he's like in that last note, which is so dramatic. Meanwhile, Marilyn, who's playing Mrs. Lovett, standing on the stage at the end of the song, she's like, well, that's all well and good, but at the end, (laughs) like completely cuts the title. It's whole, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was magic. It was magic. Epiphany is like the song that gets me that that I really that makes me really love Sweeney Todd mm-hmm. because it's just so it's it's just so good. So she's like, "That's all well and good, but we can do it all the baddies." And so he shows up. He goes back on the stage. Blah blah blah. And they're trying to discuss how, or they're trying to decide what they're going to do with Pirelli's body when Mrs. Lovett's like, "Hmm, I own a meat shop, and I serve pies." So what if maybe the meat of a very muscular, broad human like Pirelli was used in a pie? (sighs) But she doesn't quite say that. It actually takes Sweeney a little, like a second to figure it out. She's like, it's an awful waste. It's a downright shame. Seems an awful waste. I mean... With the price of meat, what it is, when you get it, if you get it. Huh. Good you got it. Take, for instance, Mrs. Mooney at a pie shop. What is that? It's priest. Have a little priest. Is it really good? Sir, it's too good, at least. Then again, they don't commit sins of the flesh. So it's pretty fresh. So that's a song a little priest where Sweeney's like, you're right. We'll just cook them into the pies. And that's yeah. what, that makes that's the what they're going to sense. do. It makes the most sense, which brings us to intermission. Oh my God. Act one is setting all of act two up. Like, so act one has so many 
points and introduction and just blah, 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 blah for act two, just go into a clusterfuck. Yeah. Because remember now everyone's going to die. Right. Because that's what they just decided. <laughs> oh, I'm so sleepy now. No. I'm ready for it. Act two. Oof. Oof. Act two is a little shorter. A yeah, little shorter. Yeah. Just a little. Just a little. So, oh my God. It opens up. Remember how I said suddenly there was like 20,000 chorus members? Yes. Here they showed up. They're here. In the song, God, That's Good. There you sample Mrs. Lovett's meat pies, savory and sweet pies, as you'll see. You who eat pies, Mrs. Lovett's meat pies, conjure up the treat pies used to be. Okay, that's how I, you want to know how I know that song? Huh. From Jersey Girl. Jersey Girls. The movie. Okay. You have to watch it. I need to watch it. Okay, you're right. You're right. So this is like several weeks later though, right? So Mrs. Lovett, she has this successful business and her waiter is, get this, Toby. Because Toby's boss randomly disappeared. Uh, when he was out, suddenly was had to go for business and never cared about Toby anyway. So Toby is now Mrs. Lovett's little waitress. Waiter. Waitress. You can say waitress. Waitress. Who are sure, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Server. So t- Sweeney has figured out, and this is the, the most expensive part about the show, probably, other than the your orchestra. Sweeney has acquired this special mechanical barber's chair that allows him to kill his clients and then send their bodies directly through the chute into the pie shop's basement bakehouse where they go into a grinder. I wonder like I wonder what Greg he went to to make that happen. What Greg? He what Greg? Went to. What? <laughs> well, in Jersey Girls, they have a slide. They have a slide. They have okay. A slide. Oh my gosh, that's what that's the kind of set we need when we direct the show. We're gonna make it a playground. I love it. <gasps> I hate it. I, I hate it. it. Yeah, it's a chair. Usually, the chair is it's set like a. It has the back. It has the seat, and then it has like a foot. Uh, the foot thing, and then when it, this lever is pulled, it turns into a into a flat slide that goes down into a trap door. Whew, it's just it's a lot. So he is a, he's acquired this mechanical barber's chair, and it goes down into the basement. And so he's just like casually slitting people's throats and sending them down the thing. My favorite uh, is. Not my favorite. There's this client that shows up with like a child. <laughs> and so he can't kill him because yeah. there's, a, there's somebody with him. And he just keeps glaring at this child who has like a lollipop and a bonnet because it's an adult with from <laughs> the chorus selling the child. It's just, they're really, they're a really tall child. <laughs> I love it. I love it's really it so cute. Much. It's really cute. Sorry. So he's just he's just casually slitting everyone's throats. But Sweeney despairs of ever seeing Joanna again while Antony searches London for her because remember the judge sent her away in the song Joanna 
Quartet. My mind, my little lamb, my pet, Joanna. So everyone's singing about Joanna. It's just a lot of, a lot of attention. I hate, that's why I hate Joanna. Anyways, Anthony finds Joanna locked away in a private lunatic asylum, but barely escapes being placed under arrest by the beetle. So he like finds her at the lunatic asylum and beetle is hanging out, making sure he doesn't show up. And when he does, he's like, I'm going to arrest you. And he runs away. He's like skitters away. He's like a squirrel. Cause he's a, no, he's a, he's a beetle. He's a beetle. Oh, he's getting chased by. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking squirrel. Okay. So now it's like, they've done this for, a really, they did it for a couple of weeks. So after a really hard day, Sweeney is still super fixated on his revenge of the judge. He's like, I have to get the judge into the chair so I can kill him. We're all doing this so we can kill the fucking, sh- uh, fucking blah, 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 fucking judge. And Mrs. Lovett's like, but, but don't we want to like retire and I don't know, have a life together in the song By the Sea? By the sea, Mr. Todd, that's the life I can't fit. By the sea, Mr. Todd, oh, I know you'd love it. You and me, Mr. T, we could be alone in the house, what we'd almost own. Down by the sea, Anything you say. wouldn't that be smashing? Like, out of left field, coming strong with Miss Lovett, loving on him. I mean, I think it's been a really while. By the, so she sings about the retirement by the sea. Antony arrives to beg Sweeney to help him free Joanna because he's found her. And Sweeney, who's been like kind of down, he's suddenly revitalized and instructs Antony to rescue her by posing as a wig maker. So he says, Antony, you got to go. You're going to rescue Joanna by posing as a wig maker who is going to purchase these inmates' hair because that's how they would get hair for wigs and this is described in the song wig maker secret wig maker sequence and wait for it the ballad of sweeney todd reprise for <laughs> there's a lot so anthony he's like yes that's what we're gonna do we're very hopeful about it so this is his last name and sweeney sends a letter informing the judge uh-oh that Antony will bring Joanna to his shop just after dark and that he will hand her over. So Sweeney just just turned his back on Antony or stabbed. No, he didn't turn his back. He stabbed Antony in the back. That's what he Oof. Like a dick. He's cutting everyone else's throats, but he's stabbing Antony in the back. What a douche. And this is described in the letter. Because remember, Sweeney's just been trying to get the judge to show up at the barbershop. That's the whole point. So down in the shop, which is just below, Toby tells Mrs. Lovett of his skepticism about Sweeney and his own desire to protect Mrs. Lovett because he loves her like a mother. And he sings the most beautiful little little boy soprano song, Not While I'm Around. Not while I'm around. Oh, it's so cute. 
demons will charm you with a smile for a while. But in time, nothing can harm you, not while I'm around. But at the end of the song, he recognizes Pirelli's coin purse that Mrs. Lovett has. And he's like, wait, that's Mr. Pirelli's. But Mrs. Lovett's like, you know what? No, it's not. But you know what you might like is the meat grinder. Oh, my God. So she takes him down to the bakehouse and instructs him on how to work the meat grinder in the oven. And then she locks him inside. Ooh. 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 She goes back upstairs and finds Beetle at her harmonium. Everything has been kind of happening. All the discussions have been happening in her living room which she's been sitting at this little tiny pipe organ that she has on the Broadway set. And I guess it's actually called a harmonium. But she goes back upstairs and finds Beetle sitting at her harmonium. And he has been asked by Lovett's neighbors to investigate the strange smoke and stench that's coming from the pie shop's chimney. Hmm. Because maybe they don't know what... what could be oh, rotting priest. The little priest. Mrs. Lovett ends up stalling Beetle uh, with parlor songs on her harmonium until Sweeney returns to offer Beetle his promised free shave. And Mrs. Lovett loudly plays her harmonium to cover Beetle as he screams to death as Sweeney dispatches him. Ooh. And so in the basement, so remember, Toby is down in the basement, like in the bakehouse. Poor little bloody. I know he's, he's locked in there. Do, do, he's starting do, do, do. to find stuff because he's, he's skeptical, remember? Mm-hmm. He starts finding stuff. He finds hair and fingernails, particularly in the pie that he's eating. I'm going to throw up. So he's finding all this. And then suddenly, Beetle's fresh corpse comes tumbling down the chute. And Toby's like, ah! And he tries to flee the bakehouse by going down into the lemon sewer. So this is all happening. Meanwhile, Mrs. Lovett then informs Sweeney that Toby has found out their secret and must be dealt with. Ooh. Uh, Meanwhile, again, scene change. Antony shows up at the asylum to rescue Joanna, but he is exposed when Joanna recognizes him. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony draws a pistol that uh, Sweeney actually gave him. and But he can't bring himself to shoot the uh, asylum's owner, who his name is Jonas Fogg with two Gs. We got Fogg with two Gs. We have Rag with two Gs. Lord. We have, we have Hope. <laughs> but Joanna doesn't have a last name. Because fuck her. <laughs> so he can't he can't bring himself to shoot Jonas uh, Fogg, but Joanna ends up grabbing the pistol and she kills him. Mm. Ooh, she grew a pair. That time. So as Antony and Joanna are fleeing, a bunch of the inmates are freed and they're like prophesizing the end of the world. Sweeney and Mrs. Lovett um, are hunting through the sewers for Toby. So I guess they figured out that he was no longer in the bake shop. Mm-hmm. And the beggar woman fears. So she's pretty much like, oh my gosh, everything's going insane. 
Um, and she's like, I think something happened to Beetle. And she sings the song City on Fire. So all of this is happening during her City on Fire searching song. Who could see that the road would twist? And Sweeney's letter, the entry snatched. The beetle arrived and the beetle dispatched. To satisfy the hungry god of Sweeney Todd. The demon barber of Sweeney! Sweet! Sweeney! 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 That's where we start to hear about the prophecy that the world is going to end mm-hmm. from crazy bigger woman. And Angie and Joanna. And mm-hmm. Joanna, she ends up getting disguised as a little, as also a seaman. She shows up disguised as a sailor and they go, they return to Sweeney's empty shop. And Antony leaves to seek a coach and after he and Joanna reaffirm their love and awe Mr. Priest. So they're like, we love each other, blah, blah, blah. Joanna hears the beggar woman entering and hides in the trunk of the barbershop. So she is now in the trunk where Pirelli had been hidden before. Mm. And the beggar woman, oddly, seems to recognize the room. Hmm. Mm. So Todd, uh, Sweeney Todd shows back up and he tries to get the beggar woman to leave. Remember the bigger woman had recognized him? Well, she recognizes him again in the song Beggar Woman's Lullaby. And Sweeney ends up hearing the judge outside. And remember that's the whole point was to get the judge in so he could kill the judge. So in like this frantic state, he ends up killing the beggar woman and sending her body down the chute. Damn it. And it goes down just before the judge shows up. Now, Joanna's still in in the trunk remember and remember the judge is who she's avoiding so imagine what she's feeling mm-hmm. and Sweeney assures the judge that Joanna is repentant and the judge asks for a quick splash of cologne so that he can go and be with Joanna because remember Sweeney also was like I'm going to hand her over to, to lure him in remember that whole thing with the yeah. water so he gives him a little splash of cologne blah 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 and he puts the judge in his chair and he soothes, Sweeney soothes the judge with another conversation about women. But this time he alludes to their fellow taste in women, at least. The judge recognizes that Sweeney is actually Benjamin Barker. Dun, dun, dun. Because they, have, they love the same woman. And, and he goes, Benjamin Barker. And then Sweeney slashes his throat and sends him down the chute. Huzzah! In the song, the judges return. So we've made it. We've made it. He's dead. That was the whole point oh, really? of everything. But we're not okay. done with the show yet. I know, but I just I love how we're rooting for the crazy person here. Like I know, the, right? the person with with obvious mental issues. We're rooting for him because the judge is so awful. Just an old, dirty old man. 
so Sweeney finally is like, okay, judge is dead. Woohoo, got him dead. Blue, blue, blue. And then he remembers, Woo-hoo. oh, fuck, Toby. God damn it. So Sweeney starts to leave, but he realizes he has left his razor behind. Uh, so he returns just as Joanna comes out of the trunk and she's horrified because she saw what happened. Well, Sweeney doesn't recognize her and he tries to kill her. But as she's, oh, try- he's she's trying to kill, up. yeah, because so he tries to kill Joanna because she's dressed as a sailor. And he doesn't know who she is. But as he's trying to kill her, Mrs. Lovett screams from the bakehouse. And so Joanna, Joanna ends up escaping. He's like, fuck that. So he goes down. Mrs. Lovett is struggling with the dying judge who is clawing at her. So he's not even dead yet. Oh, my God. And so she uh, then attempts to drag the beggar woman's body into the oven. So she's, she's, there's, there's some bodies down there. We've got, we got Beetle's body, we've got Beggar Woman's body, and we've got actual Judge who's not completely dead yet. He's I'm not, not dead, dead yet. yet. <laughs> I can laugh and I can sing. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Oh, so, we, did, we did that. We did that. We did that. But, so she, but she's like, no, 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 we have to put Beggar Woman in first. That's what we have to put in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's what we have to do. But as Sweeney arrives, he realizes he knows who the who's who the beggar woman is because he sees her face clearly for the first time in the, in the entire show this is the spoiler alert y'all if you haven't seen sweetie and you want to see sweetie and you want to be surprised stop listening <coughs> continue the beggar woman is his wife <gasps> dun 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 he just killed his wife um, and it wasn't like even on, it was just like wrong place, wrong time. It wasn't even on purpose. Yeah. Or it was like, it was on purpose, but it wasn't, he was she like, wasn't supposed to die. He was like, shut up, shut up, shut up, get out. Slash. Exactly. Slashy slash. So Lucy, remember, remember Mrs. Lovett had said Lucy had poisoned herself. She didn't quite say that she was dead. I didn't quite lie. She didn't quite lie, but yeah, she poisoned herself and that's what made her loony. But yeah, now she, now she is dead. Now she is dead. So Sweeney, who is fucking freaking out, he accuses Mrs. Lovett of lying to him where she explains that she did indeed poison herself. That's what it just explains. And Mrs. Lovett confesses that she actually loves Sweeney. though. And so Sweeney, he actually goes ahead and he forgives her, but not really. And so they're, they're dancing kind of maniacally he ends up hurling Mrs. Lovett into the raging fire of the oven. Yeah. Which burns her alive. Yeah. So that, now that's a way I never want to go. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's so sad. Oof. Mrs. Potts is thrown into the oven. <laughs> no, Mrs. Potts. So he is Sweeney is full of despair and is in shock. So he goes and embraces his dead Lucy. Dead Lucy. And I know. And Toby, who has kind of been driven insane by everything that's happened, he, and he, remember, he's pretty simple minded. His brain's a little delicate. He ends up crawling up from the sewer and he's singing nursery rhymes to himself to try and like hold on to his innocence. This is the arc that I'm talking about. Like, that is so, ah. And he picks up Sweeney's fallen razor. Goes over to Sweeney and slits his throat. Oof. 
So Toby has killed Sweeney Todd. And Toby ends up dropping the razor and Anthony and Joanna and some others, some of the Greek chorus, they break into the bakehouse. And Toby, uh, he begins turning the meat grinder and crooning Mrs. Lovett's previous instructions to him about, about how, to, how to grind the meat. And that's all happening in the song Final Scene. Oh, my God. Which brings us to the epilogue, because it can't be over yet. Of course not. <laughs> so everyone comes back to life during the final reprise of The Ballad of Sweet Todd, where they, it's, it's a cautionary tale. Uh, there's a warning that you shouldn't be seeking revenge. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. His skin was pale and his eye was odd. He shaped the faces of gentlemen who never thereafter were heard of again. He trod a path that few have trod. Did Sweeney Todd. The demon barber of Fleet Street. It's a warning against revenge. Uh, though admitting that everyone does it. So they all tear off their costumes. The company exit. Todd sneers at the audience for a moment and vanishes. Sneak. That uh, that was Sweeney Todd. That was the long ass show of Sweeney Todd. A Sweeney. A Sweeney Todd. The demon of feet. Long, long, long show, long show, long ass show of Sweeney Todd. I was thinking of one of the productions I saw of Sweeney Todd was the high schoolers who did it. Toby goes to slit Sweeney's throat and the prosthetic that Sweeney was wearing on his neck fell uh-huh. <laughs> down his shirt. So the whole time Sweeney's like reaching down his shirt around his chest and like trying to pull up his prosthetic. God damn it. <laughs> That's it was very dramatic. Beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it was, I mean, for what it's worth, it was a very good sweetie for a high schooler. That's Sweeney Todd. How do you feel? Are you tired? I'm so tired, but I love it. So uh, I'm happy. Let's wrap awesome. it. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to see some of our behind the scenes content and our one more stories you can join us on patreon at www.patreon.com slash wines and dolls we would like to dedicate this episode to allison our 20 dollars patron yeah who asked for sweeney todd here we are allison thank you so much for your support you're wonderful thanks allison we would like to thank our other patrons that include noah and sydney Mama Hardy, Mama Hardy, Mama Lang, and Mama Keen, and Andy. Andy. If you would like to get our squirrel shirt, I don't know if we'll be ready by this Thursday. But oh my God, if you would like any of that, do not promise. If you would like that. any of our other swag and keep an eye out for the squirrel shirt, you can squirrel. Up, uh, you can get the squirrel. Squirrel? No, squirrel. It's a. It's a. It's a squirrel. It's a coral. It's a quarrel, but it's a squirrel. And a... The bushy squab- tail. A squabble. It's a squabble squirrel. It's a squabble quarrel. A squirrel. It's a squabble quarrel. 
Squirrel. God, Squirrel. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out our other merch at www.zazzle.com slash wines underscore and underscore dolls underscore swag. I read all of my notes, well, most of them, out of my Wines and Dolls spiral notebook. Man. I love. Olive has a little whiny pet bandana that she wears. I have the focket earrings. The focket earrings. I love my focket earrings. You can get that whiny dog, uh, whiny pet bandana, and you can wear it as a mask. We also have masks. Mm -hmm. We have a focket mask. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that, but I'm going to buy it. There's one that says cover your wine hole. I love They're that. under the COVID wine teen collection. I got really clever one day, Chelsea. You sure did. <laughs> if you have any listener stories, we have a listener episode coming up on Monday. So if you have any listener stories, Ooh. please send them to us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or fill out our Google form that is just like an email. Filling out the form. We don't have a theme for our listener stories. So literally, y'all, you can send us anything about the theater that you want to talk about. Any story you might have for us, just send it on in. In any theater, if you're a ballerina, if you are an opera singer, if you are a flugelhorn player, mm-hmm. we want any story anywhere. In any, Or even if you're just a patron of the theater and you saw a kick-ass show and you want to tell us about it, we want to hear about it. Right. So please send us all of your stories. All of them. And you can send more than one. Please. We really appreciate it. Please. So you can email us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or fill out our Google form found on our social media, which brings me to, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok. The TikTok. At Wines and Dolls. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review at the bottom of your Apple podcast or press subscribe anywhere that you listen to your podcast to never miss an episode. And with that, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Emily. And this is Wines and Dolls. I went kind of... Oh, I, I went to Dantum. Dum, 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 dum.